Good day, saints of the Most High. <laughs> we found a new greeting for you there, see? And um, we're here for another time of communion and whatever else the Lord might speak between us, among us, and uh, good to have many of you again on board. And I wanted to share something you know it's real hard for me to um to get out of any vein that i'm whatever vein i'm already in i kind of have to stay in that and it's been a time of being intensely locked into what god's doing and um and so much on the the world front the meta narrative the macro and realizing this is a historical time and and, you know, we see evidences of it, and sometimes uh, maybe it's not easy to separate between natural and spiritual what's going on. Um, you know, two two matters that have taken place over the last few days and in the last couple of weeks. One, essentially, what I consider the disempowering of the Federal Reserve and then uh, ceasing to pay the WHO, the world, health organization about a half a billion dollars a year and that's a, a, a corrupt deep state institution um, those are two huge matters tied into President Trump's assignment and we're just seeing you know one by one by one um, these these spider webs these you know, they seem more powerful than spider webs, but I was just got a picture of them that have been holding us back and down as society. Things that it looked like it would just be impossible to disentangle from are, are being, were being disentangled from. And so well, I was just reading right before we got started. What I want to read some out of, I don't know if I'll read the whole chapter. I want to keep you too long. But um, the Lord had given me uh, Job 20 as one of the things that would happen this year is one of my early prophetic words of the year. Can't remember exactly uh, which one. And um, being the year 2020, Second Chronicles 20 was uh, was a big one. And, you know, the Second Chronicles 2020 and then Job uh, 20. And so just want to read into it. And, and, and really, um, as I'm reading it, I'm, I'm stating it as a prophetic declaration into the airwaves as well. And so you can... Uh, Awesome. Uh, agree with me on that um, as it begins, as it registers in your in your spirit. And so you will just begin with verse four. Surely, you know how it has been from of old, ever since man was placed on the earth, that the mirth of the wicked is brief. The joy of the godless lasts but a moment, though his pride reaches to the heavens in his head touches the clouds. He will perish forever like his own dung. Those who have seen him will say, where is he? Like a dream he flies away, no more to be found, banished like a vision of the night. This very interesting verse here, number nine, and verse nine. The eye that saw him will not see him again. That, that word, the eye, you know so much of what's connected to the, I will say, the, the deep state organisms and mechanisms, the Illuminati, and so many 
uh, so many parts of the, of the hidden uh, darkness they have it's tied into this thing the eye um, and I won't go you know either know about it already or don't but we'll just the eye that saw him will not see him again his place will look on him no more his children must make amends to the poor his own hands must give back his wealth. I believe we're going to see real practical manifestations of that. The youthful vigor that fills his bones will lie with him in the dust. Though evil is sweet in his mouth and he hides it under his tongue, though he cannot bear to let it go and keeps it in his mouth, yet his food will turn sour in his stomach. It will become the venom of serpents within him. He will spit out the riches he swallowed. God will make his stomach vomit them up. He will suck the poison of serpents. The fangs of an adder will kill him. He will not enjoy the streams, the rivers flowing with milk and honey. He will not enjoy the rivers flowing with milk and honey. What he toiled for, he must give back uneaten. He will not enjoy the profit from his trading. For he has oppressed the poor and left them destitute. He has seized houses he did not build. Surely he will have no respite from his craving. He cannot save himself by his treasure. Nothing is left for him to devour. His prosperity will not endure. In the midst of his plenty, distress will overtake him. The full force of misery will come upon him. And when he has filled his belly, God will vent his burning anger against him and rain down his blows upon him. God will rain down his blows upon him. I think those are the, the justice visions and dreams and things I've been seeing. Though he flees from an iron weapon, a bronze-tipped arrow pierces him. If he seems to escape one method of judgment, will come to him from another. He pulls it out of his back, the gleaming point out of his liver. Terrors will come over him. Total darkness lies in wait for his treasures. A fire unfanned will consume him and devour what is left in his tent. This is the key part. The heavens will expose his guilt. The earth will rise up against him. I believe that verse 27 is come very on. specifically what we're going to see. The heavens will expose his guilt. The earth will rise up against him. A flood will carry off his house. Rushing waters on the day of God's wrath. Such is the fate God allots the wicked. The heritage appointed for them by God. That last verse, the last verse of, of Job 21. Such is the fate God allots the wicked. The heritage. They have a heritage. This is something they inherited. The heritage appointed for them by God. I think essentially what we're reading there in Job 21 is a manifestation of the justice of God showing up. Uh, and this is something, the more and more that comes out of what has been going on. You know, I think it's uh, appropriate. I think tomorrow's the last day of Passover and we're in the Passover days as we remember the original Passover you know, it's the latter days of the Passover celebration of unleavened bread is when they're actually exiting Exodus. The first days of Passover 
are about the lamb, partaking of the lamb, applying the blood. And then the latter days are about full reliefs where uh, the Egyptian armies get, the controlling Egyptian armies get covered up. And uh, so I think there's something that we're stepping into today and tomorrow as well. We want to be in agreement with it. You know, it's like the Red Sea covers over, comes back and covers over and, and drowns the very ones that are still attempting to come for our freedoms. We can put it that way. And so such is the fate God allots the wicked, the heritage appointed for them by God. So I've been feeling this thing of, of the justice of God so strongly that I cannot even not bring it up. Just, you know, do a, a very peaceful, loving, devotional type thing with, <laughs> <laughs> uh, with this communion. I don't know how you feel about that too, Elizabeth. I, I know. just agree, yeah. Yeah. It's so um, in our face right now and in a good way. Yeah. And again, I think the challenge for us moving forward is going to be how we um, discern and separate the the sons and daughters of God that that haven't chosen Him and that have been deceived and partnered with evil, separating them from the enemy that you just read about. Mm -hmm. And there's only one enemy mm -hmm. and he's the source of all evil and everything that is anti-Christ. And so we're called to, to contend for the very ones who he has deceived the most. And of course, also victims, you know, and I, I think we all have family members who've been victims to different degrees of the enemy and we have maybe people we know in our lives or we've heard of that have actually even partnered with evil and um, so many things in our lives I just look back for me for us personally just makes sense because I remember like um, when Johnny and I were first married we were both a part of a church that at the time we had no idea what was going on right under our noses. Literally, it was the fastest growing spirit-filled mega church in, in, America. in America at the time. And the pastor, um, most of the pastors were, it was huge. So there was a bunch of pastors and there was one senior leader. And um, we had no idea that he had been raised basically in a really sick, um, uh, dysfunctional home where he had been molested and because his own parents were super involved in um, ministry, he eventually went on to become a pastor himself and developed a theology that made it okay for him to stay as broken as he was. And then he taught that theology to other people. Some were his relatives and some were people that had just come alongside. And, you know, a lot of really good people we, we learned after the fact had just been sucked into this whole sick scheme of the enemy. And the man that we loved and saw lead people to salvation and just would weep over people and led them into the baptism of the Holy Spirit and just had 
this multicultural perspective of the church and the body of Christ. So many things about it were right. And honestly, like even the way he taught about the kingdom was amazing. But then we found out, it's too long to go into, but that he was literally molesting um, children. Yeah. Incest. And as well as children that he had no... uh, that were not in his family. And then he taught all these other pastors to do the same. And just, there was a, a person on staff who was um, the first person who I, who I ever experienced, like giving me the most profound prophetic word that's still true to this day. It was a real true prophetic word. But she um, would use her prophetic gift to groom these girls and women on the side and slowly you know, tell them things that only God or, you know, the spirit realm could have shown her and then tell them they had this special ministry that God was preparing them for. And long story short, you had over time a whole humongous church filled, just riddled with people that were um, participating in horrible, horrible sin, super dysfunctional, victims all around. And but yet the they process. were the gra- they were clearly I mean you mentioned there's a lot of them involved but like 95% of the church is not and you know it's like Right. Yeah, you you because it was thousands and thousands of members, you had to you know know someone really really well to even have heard a rumor about it. But when rumors started surfacing and we got to the bottom of it, we realized um some things God was showing Johnny spiritually and just started making sense in the light of what we were hearing and then we went after the truth and my point with all of that is for the first for me personally for the first year after finding this out and I'm like literally living in a neighborhood with um we were we were not we were on voluntary volunteer volunteer we were volunteer staff <laughs> and we were very um, involved in the church and we lived in the neighborhood. We built a home and we planned to raise our kids with their kids and we built our home next to all of the pastors and, this, and the staff. Many of them lived in this neighborhood and so I remember walking, you know, going on my normal walks around the neighborhood aware of what was actually going on behind closed doors in these homes of these pastors that I had loved and trusted that I'd spent the night in my youth pastor's home. I'd, you know, he'd married Johnny and I, and, and then to find out and talk personally with girl after girl after girl that I was raised with, who literally would be being molested by my, um, my youth pastor in the next room in the house that I was spending the night in, you know, to find that out after the fact. And then I was like, God, like how, how, how are you even letting these people breathe right now? And yet feeling so much like just, just torn and compassion for them. This process that Johnny and I went through of having to confront the truth, first of all, to, to embrace the truth, because you don't want to believe it. You just don't want to believe it. And then you get on the other side of it and you're angry, but you can't respond out of anger or rage. You make bad decisions in that place. But there was just this whole long process we went through 
church ended up suing us for confronting them with the truth and the lawsuit got dropped but um it was it was this really like like are you kidding me god like how how did johnny and i end up in this if we made a movie about this most people would think it's just all made up like to this day even as bizarre of things you hear about you know people in the catholic church being molested or whatever like it is so bizarre people would not believe it and yet it happened and and there was this this season of of understanding the justice of god and that's why our daughter justice is named justice because um her name is justice hope and she was born on the tail end of that whole experience for johnny and i and God told us to name her after what he was teaching us in that season, which is the fact that he is our hope for justice and that his justice is not vengeance in the way we think of vengeance. It's not, um, you know, make them pay and give them back an eye for an eye or tooth for a tooth. That's, that's the old covenant. His, his vengeance, his justice is to bring all things back into right standing with himself. He looks at both sides of an equation and like only he as the, the king and the judge can do, he looks to how to redeem it for all sides and rescue the very ones that were the most broken in the midst. And that story ends actually with the, um, a level of repentance from that senior leader. And Johnny actually got to go in and minister to him on his deathbed the man that had hurt so many people that we loved and that had destroyed so many people in his own family who, you know, his repentance wasn't ideal. It wasn't the best level of repentance, but someone who's that broken and that sick and that deceived, they're not going to be able to repent the same way a healthy person would. And back to where I started all of this, I believe there are things in each of our lives that we're going to look back on and go, wow, that's why God exposed me to this. That's why I needed a grid for what's about to go down in the world. Like we, we, we couldn't come out of like Mayberry and, and go into what we're about to understand. There is a huge, as Johnny says, a rude awakening coming and there are places of pain and trauma and areas we were betrayed in, maybe even a lot of you by, you know, Christian leaders that you trusted. We're going to be able to access that place again and go and, and understand what it's like to wrestle with the humanity of someone that is so broken but has been used so horribly by the enemy to, to victimize innocent people. And we're going to know how to stand in that place with, with the right perspective, with the perspective of our Father, with, with compassion at the same time we call evil, evil, and we stand against it. And, you know, there is a system of justice in our nation that, that is right and needs to happen, and it will happen, um, but we'll have to also in the as we agree with our system of justice and the natural, we have to also have a spirit perspective. And the Father has been teaching us that years, 
for years now, and I think we're we're going to be more prepared than we realize. Well said. <clears throat> you know, just to go just a, a little deeper in that, it was because it really is the feelings I'm feeling are are similar uh, to that day, and if anything, it was probably more shocking because we had really bought into this this man as a spiritual father, and we were, um, you know, we were giving a third of our income into the ministry. We believe this was the kingdom greatest. Kingdom purposes, yeah. yeah. And, and um, was, yeah, there was a kingdom message attached to it. I wouldn't even use the word kingdom. I didn't want to use the word kingdom for three years after that because it had been so dirtied. And I had to learn how to separate the precious from the worthless. But in that, you know, to have who you think's a spiritual leader and the, the most spiritually relevant man on the planet and find out he's got at least um, 10 concubines and he's involved in um, serial pedophilia and cash grabbing from the top and, uh, and, and just from the offerings, you know, and, and just every kind of corruption. And it's, it's, a, it's a devastating awakening. And so there was this cry, this from inside of us for justice. And it wasn't because we'd been mistreated. It's because, um, you know, the worst thing we could say for us is, okay, we had too much income given them. But there's so many, as Elizabeth says, friends and others that had suffered uh, at a whole nother level and their faith was shipwrecked and their lives were shipwrecked and there was no counseling for them. And so it was preparatory for what we're going now, as Elizabeth uh, pointed out. Yeah, you can be so horrified by what you discover, you can't function. Um, and and we're not too horrified to function. We've been knowing a whole lot of, for years, knowing a whole lot of even what's being discovered and being, uh, that's that's coming out in public of of the swamp and the corruption that's there, as many of you have. You know, back to the, it was, we were sued by this church to be sued by church for confronting and saying, you know, you can't have your brother's wife in, in pedophilia and have 10 concubines and, and things like that. But it was for $24 million. And again, the naming of Justice Hope came from that uh, inside of us. Elizabeth was pregnant with her and she was born on the 24th. And there's 24 elders around the, the throne. So it speaks of throne room justice as well. And that's part of you know, the journey with justice, even being in beauty pageants that we've told you about. She's the, the reigning Miss Tennessee right now. And in August, Boy, the year is ripe for her to be Miss USA. Oh my, my goodness, <laughs> justice, hope. And so there is, you know, just, I didn't even tell Elizabeth what I was before going to bed, uh, you know, just some of the, as they're, as they're unlocking the fraud, uh, the fraudulent process, even with this COVID-19, uh, there was exposing more further. We've already known of the Lyme disease, and you know it really came from uh, it's some some way bioengineered off Plum Island, which is right near Lyme, Connecticut, and that's why we got the name Lyme disease for it. But it's now at what time? At one time, it seemed like a bizarre uh, uh, rumor, conspiracy theory, but it's now so clearly established, and the proof of it is uh, undeniable that, you know, Nazi scientists after World War II, um, they were brought, uh, their studies and their research was considered valuable, and they were brought, and they were doing, and there was a spearheading specifically of one of them on Plum Island, and so this Lyme disease 
uh, as a bioweapon and, and weaponizing ticks was developed at this time. The question now, I think there's a congressional study going into whether we intentionally weaponized it, but you know, there's a minimum of 300,000 people a year falling, falling, even I say coming down with Lyme disease, even though the testing of it. So uh, it, it's a science not properly processed, the CDC. There's only <clears throat> one test that I've heard of that's actually accurate. Yeah. But what I found, what I was listening, Elizabeth, there is, of course, there's all kinds of diseases mm-hmm. that are really the source of them is this Lyme mm-hmm. disease and, you know, fibromyalgia, multiple sclerosis, um, uh, lupus, um, that seven in 10 um, patients that died of Alzheimer's, they found the, the Lyme uh, bacteria in their brain. Mm-hmm. And and so I think the bacteria, the viral viral of it, and so then it also tied in Parkinson's disease. And of course, that just brought it home, and that's where I was when I went to sleep last night because my father, you know, believed for fifteen twenty years. He read scriptures every day. By his stripes I am healed. He had Parkinson's. He had Parkinson's, and that's what took him out. And so there's a uh, in the and he actually they 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 first weaponized the ticks in the 1940s and they released them like little bombs uh little packets of of these weaponized these these the ticks Nazis did that as part they, of their war they, in World War II, yeah. They dropped them over the soldiers in Germany and your dad when he was 19 years old was there in Germany in the World War II. So the and then being aware that all my, my wife and three of my daughters, uh, the other one hadn't tested, have Lyme disease. And we watch Grace just the last two or three years, go almost daily intense pain from, um, from it. And we're getting restoration and, and healing from it. And the Lord's given us a path out of it. And so there's like, uh, you talk about connecting to this um, Job 20 passage of the Lord responding on our behalf you it's the same thing from we felt back then um at at that church is like god you must respond you must answer again fortunately uh, these are the words he spoke before all this stuff came out he was speaking into this exposure of uh of, of darkness and we know many of you perhaps have suffered from uh sickness and illnesses or know from your family um many that have uh, been victimized by this death agenda that has ruled and reigned in society. And so it is a time to um, definitely nothing goes back to normal for us. Moving forward, God is He's exposing things. He's fighting on, a, on our behalf. But there is a part that we, uh, that we have to choose to, to remain spiritually relevant, to be bold as lines, not just cry out, Oh, Lord. Because the other option is, yeah, you just shrink down. Please rapture us and destroy the world, or some crazy, um, uh, you know, feeling or, or prayer like that. There is no. We're headed towards a better day. We're headed towards just like Israel. We're headed out of control from those who've brought death, control, restriction, sickness, disease for a long time. And uh, I really can identify and and feel what David said in Psalms, I would have fainted if I didn't believe I'd see the goodness of God in, in the, the land, land of, of the living. living. So that's that's where I am. And, and uh, so we've taken a little longer than usual helping you feel that too, if you didn't already feel it. 
but it is awakening, uh, a great awakening we go into. It has to be, the root awakening has to precede it because if not, the great awakening would all be just about people getting saved and revival and something much, much greater than that has to happen. It has to go deeper. It has to be reformation. Systems that are demonic and diabolical have to be exposed, eliminated, shifted, changed, gotten rid of. There is no way, you know, the, the Federal Reserve, the WHO, they're just the start. The United Nations, um, it's got to be one of the next things on, on the agenda for bringing uh, world death and, and so forth, and, you know, moving forward with that. And this is not to be considered, well, let's stick with spiritual. This is spiritual stuff. Like I said, it's literally, it's personal for me because I realize, you know, you talk about spiritual stuff. I can look at my dad's last 15, 20 years of ministry were uh, essentially eliminated um, because of that. And, and then what we've had to fight ourselves and what's been around us. And so um, when I take communion today with you that we're going to do now, <laughs> I'm, uh, we're taking, we're connecting to that. God's heart for his people, God's heart to reward, to give the wicked their heritage. And, it's, and, it, and it really is the, uh, the desire for justice is not on people. You realize everybody's a tool. Everybody, uh, Elizabeth pointed out, even the pastor, we found out, okay, you know, by the time he's 12 years old, the stuff done to him, uh, pretty much everybody who's a victimizer now was a victim at some point. And, and so there is, uh, uh, there is that understanding. And so, you know, people are never the enemy. They can so align with the enemy that we know they have to be removed in one way or the other. And they can be removed through repentance and join lightness. Or they're removed um, uh, for being attacked, attached too closely to evil and their God. So there is a, a demand from my, my spirit in our spirit to see the goodness of God in the land of the living, to see yes. his rescue operation, to see his justice. Yes. And these are things that were secured by the blood of Jesus on the cross as well. It's why he would come down from there. Uh, and when he meets with his disciples, he says, all authority in heaven and earth is mine. And there hadn't been that position. You know, in Matthew 4 and Luke 4, Satan had bragged and showed him the kingdoms of this world and said, these have been given to me and I give to whoever I want. And there had been a loss of authority over everything on earth because of the sins of Adam and Eve. But that is no longer the truth. All authority in heaven and earth was purchased that very day by Passover, by the blood of the Lamb that was slain on our behalf. And, and it's not just our passion, it's His passion. He's coming. The Lamb's agenda is coming after the nations. And so let's take the bread that connects to his body that was broken for us and let's receive today from him let's receive the hope um, that he desires to be released to us that we will see him active uh, even in these very days even in this very day the activating of our God in the land of the living on on behalf of those who've been victimized by the enemy and so we take this now in Jesus' name.
Now the cup represents his blood. Lord, we thank you for your blood. Mm-hmm. Shed for us, for our sins. Allow us to spend eternity with you, but also to retake that which was lost. Son of Man came to take back that which was lost and the authority that was lost. And so let your authority be released on earth on behalf of your justice, your righteousness. And we take of that now. Yes, Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, we've taken... I don't know if we're getting progressively longer, but we took longer. We were doing. We're sticking right around end. thirty minutes. <laughs> it won't always be that way, but these are. It's Passover. We're in the middle of something. Something is happening, and so it's hard to shake it. Yeah. Well, may you feel loved and seen and heard today by your Father, and. <clears throat> May you find all of the ways that he is expressing his love and his um, care for you today. Discover every, every one of those evidences. And if you don't hear it anywhere else today, you hear it from us. He loves you so much. He cares. He's right there with you. Definitely. He's not missing a moment of, um, of it all, of everything that's important to you. It's important to him because you are important to him. We love you guys, and we'll be with you again tomorrow. Bye-bye.